Uh, we are in Romans 1, continuing our series, the Imago Day series, uh, where we are a- asking or looking to God's word and looking for God's answer to today's issue, today's issues. I love every week as we've been preaching through this, before I even talk, we open up our Bibles, an elder or a deacon from our church reads God's word, and he says, this is the word of the Lord, and we say, what? Thanks be to God. We believe, starting off every single week as we look into this, we are always starting with that conviction that God's word is sweet as honey and important and authoritative and inerrant, meaning without error. And so we're looking to that to give us the answers to today's issues that are very personal and clear. We've also recognized that in this series, we're calling this the Imago Day series because the core foundation as we look to God's answer to today's issues is that today, the modern self would say, you are your own. You determine your future. You determine who you are. No one can tell you. I just went to Disney on Ice with my girls this last week and got to watch all the Disney princesses. Awesome. But I remember singing all the songs with them, and the songs are always about, no one can tell me who I am. I will find my truth. I will find my being. But the Christian confession that the church has been confessing for thousands of years that we join in is a little different than that. And the confession is this, we have a question and answer that we wanna frame every week. So church, what is your only comfort in life and in death? Would you say this back to me? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood. He has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, we're not done yet, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. I love looking out, and some of you who grew up on the Heidelberg Catechism, you have that memorized. Thank you, we need your help when we're reciting that. Some of us are still working on memorizing that. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, right now in this moment, we continue to confess together that we are created beings. And Lord, the best way is your way. Jesus, you have rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into light. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would do your work in this moment, that you would illuminate to our hearts truth. 
And Jesus, by your spirit, in only the way that you can, you would reveal truth full of grace. At your effectual grace, God, we believe it works and moves and is unavoidable, so we invite you, Spirit, here. I pray, Lord, right now in this moment, there are many things that could happen, distracting thoughts. I ask, Lord, that you would help us to stay focused, that we would lean in, that we would get out our pen and paper and be ready to take notes, that we would have a posture that is ready to learn together and eager to follow you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. So this morning, as we look at this issue today, I wanted to start by just having a bit of an honest moment of grace. We are gonna be talking about God's answer to the lifestyle in the LGBTQ community, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, questioning, and then plus other orientations. Now there's a whole bunch of different words and a whole bunch of different ways that we are supposed to talk about this and I've tried and prayed to do my best to be faithful to that, but let's just be honest, there are landmines that I don't even know exist that I'm probably going to step on. Yet God has given us his word and we need to faithfully, as best we can, learn together about this. We believe this, that's what we just confessed. And as we do this, as we just confessed this truth, before getting into Romans 1, I think it's important that we recognize, and usually I talk about the issue. Usually I talk about what is the issue, but when it comes to this, this is important that we recognize that when we talk about the LGBTQ life, we're not just talking about issues, we're talking about people. This is incredibly important. I've been reading this book by a guy named Preston Spreakle. He wrote a, a book called People to Beloved. He says, debates about sexuality are not about issues, they are about people. Unless you've had your hand in the sand for the last, your head in the sand for the last 10 years, as we speak about this, there is someone in your life, if not your very self, who you know who has a struggle or questions about this topic. And so we always need to come at this with grace and truth. I pray we always look at that, that we're never about making a point, we're never about being right, we are about grace and truth. It's not just grace, it's not just truth. Whenever you follow Christ and you look at the way that he lived, he constantly lived full of grace and truth. So as we frame this text, I think it's important to confess that there is a very real pain and hurt in the LGBTQ community. And the pain is this, it's that they would confess, even though it's not good to be alone, my sexual orientation seems to exclude me from spiritual belonging. If you've had conversations with someone who has these struggles, oftentimes they will talk about moments in the church or moments with a Christian or somebody 
where as soon as they find out about these struggles, they are quickly encouraged to exit. They're told you don't belong here, and even though we just confessed our belonging, oftentimes there's a very real pain. I shouldn't say oftentimes, most of the time, there's a deep, inherent pain and hurt in our fellow human beings created in the image of God with this struggle. If you could turn with me to Genesis 2, verse 18, a reminder of the Imago Dei. Before we get into Romans chapter one, I wanna just review with you what it means to say that we are a people who confess the Imago Dei in the Garden of Eden when God created man and woman. We see that there is this tension that it's not good to be alone. It says then, verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness. And then in chapter two, verse 18, we see the first time in the creation account when something is not good. We see time and time again God has created this incredible creation, six days of creation and rest, and he says it is good, it is good, it is good, and then he creates, human, he, he creates mankind in his image, and he says, this is very good. And then we get to chapter two, and there's something that's not good. It says this, the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. We know this to be so true. You don't even need a biblical understanding to believe this to be true. Just go to sociology class. Just go talk to anybody. Even the most introverted of introverts will tell you that we all have this longing for connection and belonging. We all want to be known. This is a part of what it means to be an Imago Dei image of God, yet... As we look at this, God sees this in humanity and he says it's not good for man to be alone. As wonderful as the giraffe is, as great as the golden retriever is, they just don't cut it. There seems to be this longing for a belonging and an intimacy here. And so we skip down to verse 21 and God says, the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and he closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, if you're looking in your Bibles, this is a poem. In the Hebrew, it reads like he's like, he sees the woman and he like can't help but sing. And he cries out, this at last is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And then the scripture, the author of Genesis gives us some comments, says, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. One flesh. 